end. And to me, that just gives us hope and strength. And so I'm excited about that. Well, this morning is, is going to, before we get into the message, I've, I've got something that, uh, that I get to do. There are, there are many wonderful things that as a pastor you get to do and be a part of people's lives. There, we went on Friday night and visited with, with a young lady and her husband that we haven't seen in quite a while and just got to reminiscing about <clears throat> How that she used to help us in ministry, and then uh, we, I got to do their wedding, and then I got to dedicate their child that is now led this 11-year-old boy running around, and, and just, you know, those kind of memories. Those are the great things that, that I love about what I get to do, is I get to be there in those moments. But today, I get to do something special that's along those lines. You know what I was thinking this morning? I got to baptize both of my sons. I got to do both of my children's weddings and, and that, that, that my daughter-in-laws even allowed me to be the person to do that, although usually the lady side kind of gets to choose that stuff and they chose me. That's cool, right? You know, isn't that great though to, to know that, that in a sense we are the temple of the Holy Spirit in that life. Today's message I've, is kind of an interesting title and I'll give you a little bit of a history of where that came from. I, uh, I didn't purposely put all this together to line up because we were doing the baby dedication today. They just happened to kind of line up that way because this Tuesday morning, this last Tuesday morning, just going through our week and, and I was, had some ideas that I was playing with for the message for this Sunday. And how many know that, that time that you have when you're, when you're just waking up and you're not quite fully awake and you're kind of in that in-between state? And very clearly, two words were dropped into my heart. Birth pains. And I begin to think about that. You know, you know, just being honest, birth pains is not something I think about very often. <laughs> but my mind was immediately drawn to a couple of verses of Scripture that, that came to my remembrance where it talked about birth, things, birth pains. One of them was Matthew 24, 8, and it says... All these are but the beginning of birth pains. And what Jesus was talking about there, he was beginning to talk about the end times and what came with that. Then my mind went to where Paul wrote his letter to the church in Thessalonica. In in 1 Thessalonians 5, 3 through 4, he says this, For when they say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should not overtake you as a thief. You know, there is something special about the announcement of a birth, right? You know, we live in a day and a time that because of social media and all the things that are available, you know, I've seen some pretty elaborate ways that people have announced that a baby's on the way. And then usually it's followed up with some kind of pretty creative way as to how to do a gender reveal. You know, it wasn't all that many decades ago that you just waited until you found out, you know. <laughs> but now we can know well in advance. And so there's, there's, that's become a thing. And I've seen some great ones and I've seen some backfire. <laughs> but as I begin to think about that, I couldn't help but reflect on when Derek and Meredith made the announcement to us, was just it was a very creative way. It wasn't anything that was staged for, 
social media, but we were just having a game day as a family, you know, which is something we do. I mean, I think it's kind of cool that board games and things have kind of come back, you know, instead of being stuck on video screens that you're actually interacting and hanging out and talking and having a good time. So we, we were having a family game day, and, and uh, Shelby decided, you know, it was, it was, we're kind of celebrating her birthday, and she decided she wanted to play Clue. And so, so here we are. We decided we're going to play Clue. I didn't know that this whole thing was a sit-up, and Shelby didn't know. And so we're playing Clue, and it gets towards the end. You know, if you ever played Clue, you, you, you finally say, okay, I think I know who did it. I think I know where they did it, and I think I know what they did with it. And so you make your accusation. And so this is a game that Shelby never seems to win at. And so all of a sudden... She won. And so she boldly made her declaration. I don't remember where it was. All I remember is that she grabbed the cards and pulled them out to see if she was right. And she just froze. She looked at the cards and looked at the cards and looked up and looked at the cards. Well, are you right or not? And she turns around this looks on the face and lays, lays them out. And as she turns the card over, it says, Meredith with baby in her belly. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, who cared who won the game, right? We were. <clears throat> but soon there was obvious signs that there was a baby on the way. And suddenly there were things to do. There was things to prepare. There were things to happen. And, and I mean, just you can imagine if you've been there, and even thinking back as we had children, all of a sudden everything changes. All of a sudden there's things to get ready for and there's things to do. I mean, there's, there's vitamins to take. There's, there's changing eating habits. There's beginning to look at the idea of what you're going to do with your house and how you're going to get your things in order and all the things that come with that. Because a baby is coming and you better be ready when that baby arrives. And even though we didn't know the day nor the hour, we knew the day was coming. And we, were, and we shifted to live our lives looking forward to that day. This morning, if you get anything, I want you to hold on to this thought. The arrival day may be unknown, but the birth pains tell us the time is near. In our scripture this morning, we're, 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 in, we're instructed to be looking towards this time. We're looking towards the day that the Lord shall return. And that, that, and that with that comes a process. There should be a process of getting ready because Jesus is coming and we better be ready. And I know that we've heard that, probably most of us, if you're a believer, you've probably heard this your whole life, and, and you keep thinking, well, one of these days is going to happen, and you keep looking forward to it, but one of these days it really is going to happen. And, and as Jesus was talking about, he says, as you begin to see these things, these are the beginnings of birth pains. So as a church, we have a responsibility, just as parents have a responsibility to teach their children and prepare them for, for life and prepare them for the idea that unexpectedly that Jesus is going to return and we should live our lives ready for that return. We have a responsibility to lead others, to talk to others, to, to understand this key concept of the Christian message. 
There are four things that we have as believers that are, that as a, and as a church here especially, that are what we call our four cardinal, cardinal doctrines. I'll slide a little bit so I can pronunciate better. But as we begin to think of that, number one is salvation. We believe in salvation. We believe it when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That Jesus and his, the price he paid on the cross is the only way to salvation, period. Secondly, we believe that the Holy Spirit is still very much a part of the Godhead, still very active, that still speaks to people, and that the gifts of the Spirit are still meant to be in operation in this day and time. Then we also believe in, in divine healing. Because you know what? I know that there are many that don't even pray for people that are sick anymore. But I've seen God too many times perform too many miracles. He is still in the miracle working business. And then lastly, we believe in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't know when. Bible makes that very clear. I talked about that a few weeks ago. These, anytime somebody stands up and says, it's happening on this date and this time, I'm like, well, you just made sure it's not happening then. Because he said, nobody knows. But that doesn't mean that we can't know the season. That doesn't mean that we can't understand that there is a baby on the way. This baby is happening. And by that, I mean the rapture. His return is happening. He is coming back at some point. And Scripture tells us that there can be birth pains, but that we don't know the day or the hour, that it's going to be in an unexpected moment. But there's one of the things that I want us to make sure we understand and we hold on today is this is not the time to be complacent. 1 Thessalonians, skipping down to verse 5, he says this, Paul says this, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. You are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. In other words, we're supposed to be on the lookout. Can you imagine expectant parents when they find out that that child, that that baby is on the way, can you imagine them just continuing to go on life as normal, just as if nothing has changed? No concern about the future. No adjusting of their diet. No preparing their home for a new arrival. No, no having any bags packed for any kind of a quick exit. I remember when, when we were expecting Derek, our first, and even Daniel... Later on, that there was, it reached the point that there were bags packed and ready to go. So the moment's notice when it was time, we could throw that stuff in the vehicle and out the door we could go. But can you imagine no preparation at all, knowing that a baby's on the way? But if you look at it all throughout history, people have been caught by surprise when a moment arrived that they should have seen coming. I love history. I love looking at history, and, and, and I, I, those kind of things intrigue me. And, you know, we've seen all kinds of things. Now it's one of the things that's talked about. There's been all kinds of movies made about, you know, when, when Pearl Harbor was bombed and all that stuff that took place. But the interesting thing is, if you look back at it, there was warning signs that that was coming. 
There were people after it was over with that was asking the question, how did we not see this coming? When there were people that were sounding the alarm and they were just ignored. Same thing on 9-11. There's, there's all kinds of events in history where something traumatic or some huge event happened and, and people weren't ready. Even though there was warnings. It's not like we don't know that there is an arrival on the way. We need to make sure that our hearts are right. We need to be getting our lives in order. We need to be, have our bags packed where we can leave in a twinkling of an eye. Because it's coming. We shouldn't be lulled into some kind of a false sleep or security thinking, ah, oh, we have plenty of time. Because Scripture warns us of mockers who would say, well, everything continues as it always does. You talk about that. Man, people have been talking about that for thousands of years and it hasn't happened yet. That means we're, that, we're thousands of years closer than we were before. But Scripture warns us that people will be saying things like that. In Noah's time, they were saying, there's not a flood coming. What are you doing, crazy old man? Until the flood came. One of these days, this thing is going to happen. Matter of fact, Jesus himself said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the coming of the Son of Man. That means... What was happening during Noah's time? People were getting married. People were living life. They were doing the things they do. Sin was rampant everywhere. There was all the stuff that was going on. The whole world was living as if there was no way that this was going to happen. But then the day came that it happened. For those that were ready, they were good. For those that weren't, it was a disastrous day. We better have our eyes open. We better not be lulled into thinking that, there's, that this is some kind of a false labor moment. I begin to think about that. You know, we had times that, that we ran to the hospital thinking it was it and it wasn't it. But just because it wasn't right that moment, we never thought the day wasn't going to come. Right? But there are people that think that just because this thing hasn't happened, that it's not going to happen. And, and, that, and that because, yes, there's been all kinds of times in world history where things have happened. People are like, well, surely this is it. The world's wrapping up now. We better be ready. And then when it didn't, they say, see, you know, it's just nothing. We, we have time. But you know what? Let me share this thought. False labor is still labor. Just because it wasn't right then, it's a sign that the body is getting ready to deliver. And the time is getting closer. And so to me, when I look at what I see going on in the world around us, we better wake up and we better open our eyes and realize, you know, this could be the exact beginning of labor pains that Jesus talked about. Because all the signs are there. There's so many things today that are available that wasn't available decades ago. Think about this. Jesus talked about that everyone would see his return. 
Now, I don't know about you, I used to think of that as being something that was something miraculous that he would do, and that's a possibility too. But think about when else in history have we actually been in a position that something can happen on the other side of the planet and we can all see it as it's happening? There are all kinds of things that we can look at that says, you know what, this could be the time. This could be the labor pains. This should, could be the beginning. Because false labor, even that is still labor, and we better keep watch. There are many that I talk to that say, well, I'm waiting on his return. But you know what? There's a difference between watching and waiting. And you may say, well, what's the difference between that? Pretty simple. Let me explain it to you this way. If you post a guard at the city gate, do you want them to just wait for the enemy to come? Or do you want them watching out for the enemy? ready to sound the alarm the moment they see the enemy is on the way. See, as believers, we need to be watching for his return. And we need to be sounding the alarm to the whole world that the beginnings of the labor pains have started and we better be awake and we better get our life in order and we better be ready to depart at a moment's notice. You know, in a time when the momentum of fallen man is headed in the wrong direction, we better be on watch. Paul made the point that the thief is that he's coming like a thief in the night and that we better be on guard, that we don't know the day or the hour. We can know the season, but we don't know the day or the hour. And we need to be watching for his return because it's going to be a great surprise. It's going to be at an unexpected moment. You know, there's one thing when, when, you're, when you're waiting on something, you kind of see the beginning of the rumblings and there's a little bit of labor pains, but it's something else when all of a sudden, you know, and maybe even make a couple of trips for false labor, but somehow or other, it's, it's like, because I remember with Kim, when it really was time, she knew it's time. There was no doubt. There was no debate. It was, it was time to go. See, the arrival, the arrival day may be unknown, but the birth pains tell us that the time is near. Paul describes the last days in his letter to Timothy this way. I want you to listen to this. 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5. For men will be, talking about the end times, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. I don't know about you, but what I just read is the daily news. Once we found out Bethel was coming, we began to prepare. You know, so what we need, we need to prepare for arrival. We need to take it seriously. I mean, I think about it. You know, there was plans, and there was pictures of plans. 
I mean, what about this crib? What about this? I mean, there's this, you know, all the things that come into it. I mean, there was preparation that was going on. When we began to look for our house, all of a sudden our plans shifted to we began to look. What We need a home that can have room for grandbabies. We needed a room that could be a room where we could put furniture. Because we're going to want to keep those children. We wanted a home with a backyard where they could run and play. It affected how we did life and what we looked at. And the arrival and the return of Jesus Christ should affect everything we do in our life. We need to be living our life on the watch for that moment. Doesn't mean we don't do life because we do have to be here for a season, but we better live our life in preparation. We better be prepared. Let's skip on to verse 8 through 10 where Paul is talking. He said, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. We have to be prepared for this arrival. Because those, for those that are prepared, it's going to be a glorious time. For those that aren't prepared, it's going to be disaster. You know, I've said this many times. When I was younger and growing up, I grew up in church. And I had my moments as well. And, but I, I remember growing up as a, especially as a teenager. I remember growing up and I could almost gauge where my relationship Christ, with Christ was depending on how I felt when my pastor preached about the rapture. <laughs> if he preached about the rapture and I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. Or if he preached about the rapture, I was like, ooh, I hope it's not this week. I got plans this weekend. I knew there was a problem. <laughs> With my plans. Come on. We've all been there, right? (laughs) But Scripture tells us to be ready. Because we have this... The great thing is, no matter what's going on in the world, as I said earlier, we have this hope of salvation. And I love that line where it says, God did not intend us for a wrath. That ought to be good news for us. I mean, think about this. Yes, there is wrath that is coming. Yes, we know that judgment is going to happen. Scripture is very clear about that. We serve a holy God, and it's not that He's unloving. It's not that He doesn't care, but He is a God of holiness, and sin cannot be in His presence. And so if we're living and walking in blatant sin, it has to be dealt with. And yes, the day is coming when he will pour out his wrath on this earth. It's not out of meanness, because if you look at it, if you read through the book of Revelation, you see all the way through it that he, he, is, he does it by measures, and he keeps upping the scale, and he keeps hoping, he keeps desiring, he's desirous that people would finally wake up and open their eyes and say, this is real, I better get my life in order. But sadly, there will be so many that will never even acknowledge that it is him despite what he's doing. But his wrath is real. 
but a love that we were not created for his wrath. You and I, those that ask Christ into their life, and that wrath isn't for us. The thing I love about where it says, as it was in the days of Noah, what did God do? He poured out his wrath on the earth at that time, but he lift Noah and his family up above it. To me, that's a picture of the rapture. That Yes, there's going to come a time that his wrath is going to be poured out. But for those of us that know Christ, we're going to be lifted up above it. A trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise. And we will go be with the Lord forever for those of us that are alive and remain. You know what the great thing is? He said, I'm going to prepare a place. We prepared a room. Well, it's not done yet. But we've got a room set aside. It's going to be the place where as Bethel gets older and, and other grandchildren are born, that it's going to be, we've already been looking at bunk beds and different ways to, you know, <laughs> that there will be a place that is prepared. I want you to understand something. Heaven is longing for that day. Jesus is looking forward to the time that that trumpet sounds. He's looking forward to coming to get us. And he has gone. And he has prepared a place. And it's not just, it's just not going to be, oh, well, we didn't expect you right today. No, there's a place that is prepared for us. And it's going to be special. And he is longing for that moment. And he's going to come. And he's going to get us. And we're going to get to spend eternity with him. With that in mind, we can't afford just to, to wait. We can't afford just to continue to live life as normal. We need to understand that there are people all around us, people that we love, people that we care for, people that are dear to us, that, that we know in our hearts that if he were to return today that they wouldn't make it. And we need to be praying for them. We need to be on our face before God saying, God, reach them, touch them, bring them in. And we need to be sharing the truth with them. They, we need to be doing what we can. Now, I'm, not, I'm not saying be to the point of being obnoxious, but we need to make sure that they understand. We need Because you know what? The worst thing you can do is, is I, you know, I don't know about you, I don't want to hear. Why didn't you tell me this day was coming? Because it's coming. And he's coming back for every believer Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, heaven's going to be a magnificent place. Can I say this? Of course I can. I got the microphone. <laughs> Even our political opponents need the truth. Because guess what? Satan is the author of division. And we see a time where people are being divided by every avenue you can imagine. And there's anger. And there's hatred. Because of some affiliation. I mean, they don't even, somebody that doesn't even know another person is angry at them just because of the color of their skin or, or, or their association with this or that. And it's just at, a, at such a level. And we see this going on all around the world and there's such anger and such division and, and all these things that are going on. And to me, we ought to be realizing that this too may be a part of the birth pains. 
Because we have an enemy that loves to divide and loves to destroy. So I began to think about that. My mind went back to a story that happened decades back in South Africa. Many, many years ago, when both my kids were very, very small, I had a chance to go on a missions trip to South Africa. It was neat. I mean, we got to run around. You know, the, the um, safari land rovers that, you know, they drive. I mean, I got a picture of me standing in a sunset in Africa with, with you know, the sunset behind us standing in front of one of those out in the bush. It was cool. But that's a place, you think we got division today, that's a place where racial division was over the top. Horrible. And just, we drove by during that time. This was before all that stuff, but we drove by, and you know, there were places where there were nice homes, and you drove through areas that literally were these, <clears throat> they literally called them shanty towns. And it was just whatever people could borrow, find, scavenge to just put together these little lean-to type buildings. It's horrible conditions. So all that was going on. <clears throat> and we know there became a shift in that uh, uh, Nelson Mandela was finally uh, voted in as the president of, of this country and, and how that there was, you know, literally here's a guy that 25 years earlier had been in prison and now he's a person that was the, the president of the country. And I'm not trying to make a political point here. I just want to, I'm getting to one story to me, I think, that captures this all. Is that one of the things that he did, and I realize that anytime there's something going on, there's, there's, there's horrible things that happens on both sides of any division. But one of the things that he did that I thought was pretty cool was they put together a panel that they called the Truth and Reconcilia- Reconciliation Commission. And they put some rules in place that were very controversial. The rules were simply this. If a person who had committed crimes during that time would confess their crimes and face their accuser, they would not be convicted and sentenced to jail or executed or whatever. That if they were willing to fully confess I did this. I'm guilty. And they would literally have their time in court where they faced the, their accuser eye to eye. There's a way out of facing the consequences. One such occasion, I mean, obviously during that time, there were hardliners that complained about that. They said, that's not right. Those people, we demand justice. But at one hearing, there was a policeman by the name of Vanderbrock. And his day came and he had to face his accuser. You see, he had on one occasion killed an 18-year-old son of a family and burned the body to hide the evidence. Eight years later, he went back to the same community, the same home, and did the same thing 
to the husband and father of the 18-year-old boy that he had killed eight years earlier. The time came that he had to face his accuser in court. Can you imagine the court scene when this now sort of elderly lady comes walking in to the courtroom? And she sits down and she faces Vanderbrock right there looking him right in the eye. And the judge says, what would you like to say to this man that killed your son and your husband? She looked at him and she said, I just have a few requests. She said, number one, I want you to go back to the place where that happened. Do your best to find some ashes for me so they can finally have a proper burial. Secondly, she said, I want you. She said, I, I used to be a wife. I used to be a mother. And those have been taken away from me. I've still got a lot of love to give. So my declaration is that you have to come to my house twice a month and let me mother you. Then she said, the third thing is, I want you to know, I forgive you. And secondly, I want you to know that God can forgive you if you will ask him. Then she got up from her chair began to take steps towards him and said, I want to give you a hug so that you will know my forgiveness is real. In that moment, the court broke out in singing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The only thing is, Officer Vanderbrock didn't hear that He flat out passed out from just the overwhelming realization that he had been forgiven. You see, there's all kinds of division. But we can't afford to get caught up in hatred. We can't afford to get caught up in pointing fingers. We need to understand that there are signs of his return. And that means that there needs to, we need to let everybody understand that there is forgiveness no matter where your past has been, no matter whether you align with what I believe or you don't align with what, that there is forgiveness that is available and we need to love one another. We need to point them towards the cross of Christ because the only way we're going to beat things is if we get back to the main things. The real enemy. We need to be pointing at the real enemy. And that there is a special arrival on the way. The last thing I want us to get to concerning this special arrival is on the way. Yes, it's not a time to be complacent. Yes, we need to be preparing. But you know what the next thing is? We need to get excited about it. 
Because we, you know, we, we do. We, we look at all these things and we think of all the, the stuff and it's like, oh, is it now? And there's this way to, but you know what? We need to get excited about that idea that Jesus is coming. Just like there's an excitement about a baby's on the way. I mean, it's something special. See, you know, we get so caught up in the idea of is this the birth pains? Is this the thing? And we get so stuck on the pain that we, we forget the idea that something great is following the pain. I mean, hang around a few ladies. I mean, I've never been one, so I don't completely understand. But hang around a few ladies, and they get to talk about having their children. They're not talking about the birth pains. They're talking about how wonderful it is to have a child. Because when that special arrival happens, for who cares about the pain? It's worth it. You know, when... We had all the excitement leading up to Bethel's birth. And because of COVID and all that stuff, it, none of it happened like we planned it. I mean, we spent time daydreaming about, oh, it's going to be so cool. We get that call and we rush down to the hospital and, and, and we're there and we, and we get the news at the baby. And, and, you know, I mean, I was looking forward to going up and being one of those grandfathers that's sticking their nose all in the glass looking at, you know. All the stuff that comes with all that. And unfortunately, we didn't get to do any of that. But you know what? That doesn't make the arrival any less exciting. Just think how much more excited we're going to be when he truly, when that trumpet truly does sound. Yes, there may be some birth pains in the process. I am a firm believer that there is a rapture and we are going to be out of here before the very worst times. That doesn't mean we won't experience some of the birth pains as we're heading towards that day. It could get a little rough. But when it does, we need to realize all that means is that he is coming. And if that's what it takes to get to the good on the other side, let's go. We need to be excited about his return. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, comfort one another and edify one another just as you are doing. We need to comfort one another with these words. We need to lift each other up with these words. We need to encourage one another because he is going to return. We may be experiencing the beginning of birth pains, but, but at some point, those pains are going to be gone and we're going to be in his presence. Because the arrival day may be unknown, but the birth pains tell us that the time is near. His return, here's the best part, his return is the fulfillment of our rebirth. That's the fullness, that's the finishing of the whole thing. I'm going to conclude by reading Revelations 21, 3, and 4. If we get this little music in the background, it'll be wonderful. <clears throat> it says this, Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. 
and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. That's what we should get excited about, because that day is coming, and we will be there. And all the junk that we see, this is just temporary. All the stuff that is happening, this won't matter to a hill of beans because we will be in his presence and it'll all be gone. And all the tears we've cried will be wiped away. All the sickness will be gone. All the discomfort, all the things, all of our body parts will work again. The older I get and you get out of bed and you're a little stiff, you know, it's exciting to know that all that's going to be fixed. We should be excited and looking forward to that day. But the question is simply this. Are you ready? As I talked about that, and I talked about getting excited, does that create excitement for you? Or is that something you're like, ooh, not today, Lord. I still got some junk I'm working through. Let me say this. You weren't meant to work through all that stuff by yourself. The biggest lie that I hear over and over again, oh, I'd love to get back in church, or I'd love to do this and that, but there's some things I have to get fixed first. No. He's the fixer. Give your life first. And let him help you work through the stuff. Because you'll find the more you fall in love with him, the more the very things you used to love will disgust you. Because you don't want that jump between you and him. But first, you have to surrender. This morning, if you just close your eyes for a moment, I don't want you worrying about anybody else that is in the room. I don't want you to worry about any circumstance that you're facing. For those who are watching online, just begin to examine yourself. Does the idea of his return bring joy? Are there things that are flashing in your mind and in your spirit reminding you that if that were today, you aren't ready? Today is the time to fix that. There is one who is waiting for the opportunity for that trumpet to sound. He's waiting to come back and to get those that he loved and those that he died on the cross for. He's long for this day. And he longs for you to be a part of that. If today you would say, I want to be sure that I'm ready. I'm tired of making compromises. I'm tired of walking through this. And I I see all the things and I'm beginning to think maybe you're right. Maybe this is the, the, the time of the birth pains. And there is a special arrival on the way. 
I need to make sure I'm ready. This morning, if you would say, Lord, I'm ready to surrender because I need to be ready. You just raise your hand right where you are and say, that's me. I need to be ready. I need to be ready. Amen. Amen. A couple of hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you that are watching online, I'm going to lead everyone here in a prayer. And if you mean that in your heart, I want you to pray this prayer. Just rededicate your life to Christ. If perhaps you have been and you wandered away for whatever reason, or, or maybe this is the first time, or everybody to join me with this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come before you this morning knowing that I am a sinner and that my actions fall way short of who you are and your holiness. But I know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the only way to salvation is through him. So Lord Jesus, I ask you this morning to come into my life, to wash away my sin, to put me back by your blood in right standing with you. And Lord, from this day on, I ask you to help me walk through this life that every day I'll be closer to you than I was before. I surrender to you, Jesus, and I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it for the first time, please message us online or or let me know in person this morning. I'd love to talk to you because I believe that we could be closer to the sound of that trumpet than we know. Because I believe that we're seeing some of the birth pains. God bless. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your presence today. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy. Lord, we thank you for being with us. Lord, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer this morning, Lord, that you would just continue. Let them them know, Lord God, that 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 encounter that they had with you was real and genuine. And Lord, do work in their lives. Lord, draw them closer. Because Lord, now is not the time to play. Now is the time to be looking to the skies. Lord, be with us. Keep us safe. Give everybody a, a wonderful holiday weekend. And Lord, bring us back together next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.